Hello all, welcome to the Consistently OK podcast, a podcast where we dive into all things pop culture related from comics to films and everything in between. My name's Luke. I'm Nick. Join us every week for a podcast that doesn't set its far too high or too low, but rather keeps it at a consistently OK level for your enjoyment. That's it, but my voice is back at least, which is yeah. what we need for a podcast. My body, <laughs> no one cares about the body. hello everyone thank you for joining us on our latest podcast today we are going to talk about all things mcu so that is the marvel cinematic universe for anyone who is not initiated into that world i'm pretty excited nick you are a 50 50 fan of the mcu yeah fair to say yeah 50 50 is a good good position yes okay i'm 99.1 so uh (laughs) good as in 1% don't like? As, like yeah, yeah, 1%, uh, yeah, 1% don't like it, 99%, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've been looking forward to doing this one because I'm a, I'm a huge Marvel fan. So I love the films, pretty much most of them, but we're going to cover the films, our likes, dislikes about it. But to start with, about the news that came out last week. Yeah, I mean, it was on what, Thursday, Friday? Thursday, Friday. So there was a... Disney Investor Summit. I can't yes. remember. I can't remember the last word, but there was a Disney Investor something. <laughs> and they announced a huge slate of news from a, a lot of Star Wars stuff, which we're going to cover on our next podcast. Yeah, but a lot of Marvel things as well, which is fantastic because they normally do these big events and they have a couple of the big name actors come by. But this was just Kevin Feige in front of a screen telling you of the upcoming slate because there hasn't been. There's been some information. Obviously, since COVID has hit, there's been a lot of delays on film releases like Black Widow and Eternals. And they've announced a lot of TV shows, but production stopped halfway through Winter, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon and things like that. So they kind of went through everything and said when the new release dates were, what's coming up. And surprisingly, an absolutely huge amount on Disney Plus is yeah. being released. So... Should we start at the beginning of what was announced and we'll just yeah. work our way through quickly? Yeah, let's do it. So WandaVision, that's something that we've all known is coming up and we'll probably do a whole podcast in the future when we do when we do see it, but that's yeah. out in January. It looks pretty damn good. I'm pumped about it, actually. Yeah. Initial thoughts on it? Do you like the look of it, the idea behind it? Yeah, it's, it's how to describe this. Usually with Marvel trailers for... The films i'm sort of very i'm not even 50 50 with the trailers it's more i'm i'm kind of like 80 percent not convinced and 20 percent a little bit excited in the okay. sense that i think you know we'll, we'll talk about it in greater depth as we get to the films but generally i'll watch those films and sort of come out of them and go yeah it's okay whereas wandavision just looks from the trailer really unique it doesn't look like something they've done before. It looks yeah, like they're definitely. handling the characters in a different way. The presentation of it's a kind of interesting format. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite intrigued by how they're going to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in for it, I think. I'm excited. I like the fact that... So this is essentially going to kickstart phase four? Four, yeah. Four, is it? Yeah, four. So, and this is going to be the groundwork for what comes next because it's heavily going to link to... Doctor Strange 2 and for all intents and purposes it's going to go straight into Spider-Man 3 as well yeah which I guess we can just talk about all of that in one nutshell because they're so heavily linked so we have Scarlet Witch in WandaVision who looks like she's gonna do a lot of 
crazy shit with reality because yeah. spoilers, most people know we talk about spoilers, but obviously Vision, God rest his soul, his android soul is no longer with us. Yeah. So she's bringing him back in some form or another. And then this is going to essentially fuck with reality going forward. And Doctor Strange is going to be in the multitude, multiverse of madness and yep. seemingly going to have to try and tape all this back together. And then you've got Spider-Man 3, which if everyone's read the reports as well, there's, God, like everyone. a million Spider-Mans involved, yes. which will make Nick very happy with Andrew yes. Garfield. Give, give me Garfield. Give me him. Um, so, yeah. I'm excited about WandaVision because I think it's, as because it, it's a series as well, it's going to be exciting to see how Marvel handle a big series in that universe because obviously we've had things like Agents, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is is linked, but it's kind of, quieting down from the early stages and now it's done yeah. and then you have the netflix things like daredevil punisher defenders iron fists and they also are linked to the mcu but again towards the end it didn't mention it so much much and yeah. now that's done and dusted unless our wish comes true nick and charlie cox to sign on oh my god spider-man 3 please happen yeah it's godly so it's it's a big deal i think one division is going to really set the course for such a big break because nothing came out last year at all for the mcu yeah so it's going to be, I think it's going to really hit the ground running and we're going to be, everyone's going to be so excited by what comes at the end of this series. Because I assume there's going to be a sting at the end leading into Doctor Strange. And it's yeah. going to set up so many different things in the MCU. So yeah, I'm really excited. I think my only concern with it is, and I think this is, this is partially my own fault, but I'm sort of, it's one of those ones where I've watched a trailer and in my head I've got a, an idea of how it goes in that I kind of want Wanda to create this reality to bring back vision. Like I want her mm-hmm. to, to have crafted this thing, not because she's going insane or anything, but because it's, that's her way of coping that she creates her own reality to have him back. And so for the longest time, I've kind of really liked that idea because ultimately it comes down to the fact that in some way she's her own, worst enemy that she is kind of the villain of her own story because she's done this to herself right but this latest trailer sort of presents as if they've been as if she's been put there by someone yeah things don't look quite right do they with the the supporting cast around her they all look just as shocked as she does yeah not quite sure what's going on yeah which sort of like i'm sure it'll work in some sense but i I, I was kind of hoping they would go down that route of of pitching Scarlet Witch as almost being her own worst enemy and, and kind of deconstructing a character a little bit there. Um, well, I do think it's going to happen. I think I think she will have created her own world and brought Vision back and had this own reality. But I think she's not quite sure how it's being how to control it or that it's spiraling off in different areas. Which is why I think Doctor Strange will come into effect because because she doesn't understand the multiverse and what's going on. It's it's go it's going to spin out control. Have you have you ever read the comic House House of M, the X Men comic? No, it's a fantastic comic. In that she makes her own reality as well. Yep. Um, and brings back people and everything is hunky dory in the world. It's a really really good comic. But I think is it's she, obviously going to take a little bit of aspects from that. Is she then the villain in that story? In the she's, sense that it's it's both. It's okay. it's kind of she's she's her own worst enemy. She yep. she wants this world, but it's not. It's everyone else is suffering because of it. Yeah, because um, because that's what I want. I'm just afraid of the the sense that every time for me that the MCU's gone into a darker territory, 
there's been the Disney clincher with it where it's it's picked it up and it's kind of gone like, yeah. oh, this isn't actually going to happen. And it's I think Disney might take a bit of a different turn. I was thinking about this. It's interesting you say it because we, we did a podcast on Zack Snyder and the DCU films and how dark they are. And obviously they've tried to make them a bit friendly with Suicide Squad and the way they've done it. But I think Disney might let the reins off a little bit in this next phase and probably go a little bit darker. Endgame was a bit dark, wasn't it? In, yeah, yeah. At its moments anyway. And I think they're probably yeah. going to go down because it's going to be very cosmic heavy. Yeah. I think it will bring out a bit of a darker side. So I expect them, they're bringing in things like Deadpool in, which is obviously more comedy, but they're obviously going to allow room for... Like R-rated stuff. Potty language, like uh, stuff. So I think it could go a bit darker. And I hope that is something that we see in this. Obviously, if that makes it stand out to you, then it would be great if, uh, yeah. if that's what happened. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't wait to see it. I'm really excited to see a uh, similar to The Mandalorian, just yeah. really set... If, Disney, if the route is that TV shows from the MCU go on Disney+, Plus, which obviously it is, because yeah. of course they would do that. Mandalorian's been so successful that if, if this is the first one, if this is a home run, then the sky's the limit for the other ones because there's a lot. Like We have, what were the other ones announced? We saw the trailer for Falcon Winter Soldier. Did you watch that one? Yeah, I thought, again, that looked cool. Although, again, it's, for me, I want that to tap into the same darker edge that like Winter Soldier did where it was very kind yes. of like grounded political kind of like deconstruction and really taking the MCU kind of in that route of going like there are corrupt things in this world. Um, yeah, exactly. I hope that's what they do with it. Uh, I hope so, because the, the TV shows are going to have to have their own uh, rhythm and theme about it, isn't it? Like WandaVision yeah. is a bit out there and crazy. And then Wind Soldier is a thriller, not Wind Soldier, Falcon and Wind Soldier is a thriller. You've got something like Ms. Marvel that seems to be quite kid-friendly from the sizzle reel that they did. Yep. And then I heard that She-Hulk is actually going to be more of a comedy. Yep. And then you've got Moon Knight, which is supposed to be, which our fingers crossed uh, Oscar Isaac gets cast in, um, yep. which would be great as Mark Spector. And that is supposed to be like a, like a gritty noir yeah. type thing. Moon Knight I'm very curious about because that's something where I can't imagine it not being like R-rated. Uh, yeah, no, me neither. Um, I think it maybe it could be R-rated. I think between yeah. that, they've got that Deadpool. I mean, how can Blade? Blade has it, to be. Yeah, has to be for me. It has to be R-rated or close enough because you can't you can't do that character lighthearted and have him show up. I've got no problem with him showing up in one of the big showdown films eventually, but I think there has to be two different worlds. If they slowly start bringing people like the Dead uh, the Daredevil, what's wrong with me? Daredevil. They bring those people in and, and the Punisher comes back into it. Then there, there's essentially, again, two different places in the Marvel Universe, isn't there? Yeah. There's sort of the dark underground type characters that you can call on if needed in the big, big films. Or they have their own big film. Like Defenders could have been a big film, couldn't it? Yeah. Or yeah. Secret Avengers or something like that. So yeah. I, I hope they go that route with Moon Knight, Blade, Deadpool, Daredevil, Punisher. It would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so we spoke about 10 million different TV shows then in one <laughs> hectic bundle. That's my fault. Yeah. No. What was the other, the other trailer that was there? Loki. Loki. Like a little clip. That looks cool. Loki. That looks, looks really cool. Oh, yeah. Wilson. Yeah, I know. What's he Great. doing there? Yeah, I, I really like that. Again, it looked the same as WandaVision where it had that kind of sense that it, they had made something that was really unique and very different to what they've kind of done before with the MCU. And I like the idea of Loki popping up 
throughout history and kind of fucking with things. Um, yeah, I think that's really because I didn't want him not to be a character. I, he's one of the, for me, he's like an Everstay character because he's at Thor and then Thor 2 and then obviously he was a big deal in Avengers and so on. Yeah. I just, he, I think he's awesome. He, he could yeah. go either side, like he could be a good guy, could be a bad guy. He could just pop up again and have a small cameo in a film. It's yeah. Really, really smart. Yeah, I, I think they've done well with that in kind of creating a show for him that's, in, in a sense, it's a mischievous show in that he's going to mess with the timeline and he is the god of mischief. So it's it, it all kind of makes sense for him. Again, I just, I'd like that to tap into a darker area, but I'm not sure if it will. I, I feel like it's going to be a bit of a romp, kind of like a time Zack Snyder. You just want Zack Snyder in the MCU, don't you? Like, it's not even that. It. No, because I just, my problem with the MCU has always been that there's there's very little consequences and there's very little kind of looking at the downside of these characters. It's always kind of, they are pure and they are the hero and that's fine. But that's the things that I love about DC and even DC comics is that they'll take heroes and sort of break them down and go like, these are their struggles. This is what they deal with. They're not just good people. They're conflicted. And I think that's always my struggle is, with the MCU, there's not a lot of conflict there. They could, I mean, I, with Iron Man, they only tease it slightly, but he's in the comics, he's a, like, a pretty terrible person. He's an alcoholic. Yeah. And I, I think the comic is, I think it's called Demon in a Bottle. Yeah. If I remember right. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's a very good comic, but in that he's an absolute tit. Yeah. That, I, like I remember like... everything. And that, if that was a DCU film, yeah, they would have they would have gone straight for the alcohol yeah. and totally stuck within like, the first twenty minutes. So, but they they teased it, but then he obviously redeems himself pretty quickly. Um, That's kind of what I mean. Is it's like uh, they've shown the potential for going down these routes of like here's here's something that is inherently related to his character through the books, and we're just going to give you a glimpse of it or a moment, but we're not going to like linger on it. We're not going to give you the the full blown thing. And, I think that's the no. Disney effect in that it's they can't give you the character that is broken. They can't give you somebody who is a hero but is conflicted and broken. Yeah, I get that as well. I think that's probably what frustrates a lot of people with the MCU films is it is obviously they're pandering to adults, the big comic fans, new comic fans, kids. It's They're trying to fit it all under one scope. But that's why yeah. with Disney Plus, I hope that they have room to to do a little bit more because they're not just trying to get like bums in seats at the cinema and they want it to hit every demographic there. Disney plus is so big already that there are going to be some shows that kids can't watch. And there might be some that adults can only adults can watch and some for everyone. Cause I actually found it quite overwhelming with how much information came out. Cause I don't know how many TV shows there were for, I mean, there was a lot for star Wars TV show wise, but was it I mean, 10 and 10? Talk about, I think it was 10 and 10. Yeah. There's not only was there the ones that we touched upon, like Shiok and stuff, but then out of nowhere there was Secret Invasion, which yep. uh, which I thought was going to be a big event in the MCU film wise. But of, and Nick Fury's in it, so Samuel Jackson. We got Ben Mendes Talon, who's that. played by yep. yeah, so he's in it. So these big names that do these TV shows, and I like the fact that you're going to have three films and maybe three TV shows throughout the year. That's pretty cool. But it's a, it's a lot as well. There's a lot, yeah. to, and you've got to weave all that together as well. Yeah, I, I worked it out. Podcast, but... I did a beautiful movement with my hands. <laughs> it was very buzzing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I worked it out, though. I'm pretty sure next year there's 
an ep like from the time that WandaVision starts, there's an episode of something Marvel every week of the year next year. I think it's like awesome. it's like WandaVision straight into Falcon Winter Soldier. Then that looks like it's straight into I can't remember if it was Loki or What If. And then it's just it keeps going. So I think they've they've sort of padded it out quite well. Where your Disney Plus subscription can't just be for a month; it's going to have to be for yeah, like the whole smart, year. Because I think my wife asked me if it was everything released in one batch, like they did on Netflix. But I've quite enjoyed the Mandalorian being back to a weekly format because I think you appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, and Daredevil and things on Netflix, we would watch it within two or three days, yeah, nights if that sometimes. And you enjoyed it, but it was over, and you were just a bit disappointed that it was over. But with something like the Mandalorian and one division if it's weekly then you think okay i'm going to really look forward to that. i actually started looking forward to like friday evenings yeah. watching something which is yeah. really nice as well yeah so I, I think it's good it's nice for me as a huge Marvel fan having something once a week is great but i'm well aware that it can be too much as well you just you might just have to let things sit for what i mean what if for instance which i'm really looking forward to that that for me is something that could just easily sit on my subscription i'll just build yeah. it up and watch it in one batch one day yeah i think i'm the same with what if and i but i think that's kind of the the thing with the others is that i hope that they're thematically different where when you finish one and start the other it's not necessarily going to feel like you're in the same world it's going to feel like you're you're on a different kind of path yeah i hope that's, that's anyway. true. I well, I think you're right. I think that's what will happen but between the craziness that is one division and a thriller in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So hopefully we do. Hopefully they've planned it right that it feels like because I mean for this year and next year there's going to be a lot of multiverse stuff, isn't there? And I yeah. think we'll have a huge hint of that with the Eternals. will break it down because that will go more cosmic, building into Guardians of the Galaxy, and you've got Shang Chi stuff, which will be probably feel like its own thing, I guess. Yeah, hopefully, um, which I'm really excited about as well. But I mean. Talk before we, as we're talking about the different themes and going on overall, what are your thoughts on the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Like, do you, you obviously you're, you said you're 50 50 at the beginning, but would you, is it, do you think it's a smart way that they've all done it, how it started and how it is now? Do you, are you sick and tired of it? Tell, me, it, tell, me, it, tell me in the listeners. It's definitely a 50 50 in the sense that I think it's impressive in terms of its scale that it's so big and so when you got to something like Endgame it felt like this big event because it was everybody coming together and all, all these years of films that you've kind of been watching they all tied together and it just it felt very much like a momentous thing and something I hadn't experienced cinematically before where it just it felt like everybody was going to see these films so there's the excitement of it and the intrigue and in how does this all fit but it's almost like a, a false sense of happiness in that every time I watch a film, I go into it kind of going, maybe this will be the one that will sort of change things around. And nine times out of 10, it's not. Nine times out of 10, I come out of those films and I'm like, meh, that was another film. You break my heart, Nick. I know. Thing is, it sort of breaks mine a little bit because it's, it's the sense that having read comics with these characters, I kind of see the root that they can take, that they can go down. It's just that the films very rarely touch on those moments. And I think that's what always gets me, especially then the last couple of years, like I've read way more DC comics than I have Marvel. And again, with DC, it's just, it's that 
kind of focus on the the characters and like their struggles even something that was like a big event like metal like uh, dc comics metal that just broke characters down to their core and really presented a heartfelt story as well as just this big epic thing and i think the mcu did that with infinity war and endgame but like everything else sort of feels like it it will go there and then they'll quickly go oh no it's disney we've got to go back to the light side and it it is very much 50 50 in me with me where i can go into those films and be really excited but come out and feel really kind of deflated and just a bit like meh it was was what it was yeah how about you well for me so when you talk about dc as well i look at it like this dc films i enjoy them but i'm not as i'm not a huge fan i've like like i've spoken about i have many criticisms of it as well as positives but i have always read marvel comics more than anything else but in recent years my love for DC comics has grown in terms of what I'm reading. I'm a huge fan of everything going on at the moment. The last two or three years, my shelves and my desk of comics and what I'm carrying around me is heavily DC compared to Marvel because I think the Marvel comics over the last five years, the writing, the choices, the stories, the twists on the characters and trying to change. I've got no problem with people making Captain America, make Tony Falcon into Captain America and Iron Man being a young black girl and all this stuff. Like, they're trying to reach a certain mark, aren't they? And they're trying to hit things. But at the same time, they, they lose what those characters actually are originally and what the fan base wants. They want Tony Stark, Iron Man. They want those stories and they want, you know, Steve Rogers as Captain America. By all means, invent new characters. I've got no problem with that. You can throw them in the mix with these characters. But the stories have panned too much to the different audiences and it's not worked with so many titles, all the big events they've done. I think the last, last comic event I enjoyed from Marvel was infinity. Maybe yeah. because I was, I'm a big Thanos fan, but that works for me, but then it's kind of gone downhill ever since DC have got stronger comics, but the Marvel films, which is where my point is going. I've enjoyed the DC comics more than I've enjoyed the DC films, but I've enjoyed the Marvel films more than the comics because I think I felt like I lost a bit something with the comics and right my love for Marvel comics will never really deteriorate, but it's, I find it hard to, I think the only thing that I've, I've pulled every week on my comic pool list is Immortal Hulk. Oh yeah. yeah. Which is, which is a great comic. And it's yep. sort of reminds you of, cause no one's done something like this with Bruce Banner for so long. So yep. is, he's got it. He's nailed it because he's got the horror aspect of it. And it's something a bit different, but the films are the bright light in the Marvel world for me at the moment because they're they're using the characters that i grew up reading and i've enjoyed and you're getting those stories again but on the big screen which i never really thought would happen generally it sounds crazy to think but yeah. you know this is when i was when i was young back in my day <laughs> is not that long ago you, know, you couldn't get all the stuff you can get on the shelves now you know you couldn't just find crazy random figures that weren't just like the old school marvel legends figures or marvel retro cardstock figures you know, it's like looking, I remember a time where you couldn't find any Nintendo merchandise to save your life when I was younger. Like I just yeah. wanted like something to do a Mario, but it didn't exist. And now you can't go anywhere without seeing Nintendo items on shelves. So for me, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, when Iron Man came out and I loved it and I thought it was a really good film, I thought, okay, this is, this is cool. And you had the teaser at the end, 
and then Incredible Hulk came out and I thought that was good at the time. I still do think it actually holds up pretty well, but it has some, had some issues. And then Thor came out and it's like, okay, that put Thor on the map and then Captain America and that was good in its own way. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you just, you know, you've got Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I read that comic years ago. No one, no one that I knew knew about Groot or yeah. Rocket or before the original Guardians of the Galaxy with Yondu, who was the main character and things like that. And then that worked. And then it's just gone and gone and gone. And I've, yeah. I've had issues with films, but I've never had your feeling of coming out and feeling a bit deflated. I've always come out either either hyped because I've enjoyed the credits thing at the end, or I've just, I think I've just embraced it. Yeah. And I, I've really enjoyed the ride of from Iron Man all the way to Spider-Man Far From Home. Yep. And I don't have, I don't want it to, I don't really want it to stop. But I, like I said earlier, I'm aware that it could be too much eventually and too much yeah. of a good thing. Whereas DC can, are sort of chopping and changing and trying to find their feet with it. I think Marvel are so comfortable it kind of worries me a little bit. Yeah. But what I hope if, if the cinematic universe falls flat on its face somewhere down the line, which probably won't for years, <laughs> uh, they'll be like, right, let's get back to writing comics that are good. Yeah. Um, kind of focus. So I can't even remember what the question was. I think it was just about, do we like the Marvel cinematic universe? Yeah. So my just... answer is, <laughs> my answer is yes. <laughs> I do like the Marvel cinematic universe, but the Marvel comics at the moment suck. So. Yeah. <laughs> but so what I thought we could do, so we can give people so they can know because there's a lot of films and we won't go through it too long, but we could say what films we, I'll go through the list of all 23, but I'll do it quickly. So people aren't switching off 15 films in, (laughs) but I'll go through from the start to the end and just tell me like a very quick thought on what you thought about the film, because it could be the difference, Nick could be someone listening now and they thought, you know what? I am not going to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then your view on it and my view on it, they could be like, I'm definitely not going to watch it. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. the first film that came out in the MCU was Iron Man. What did you think? This was in 2008, by the way. So we were just young, Thank young, you. young ch- children, just yeah. didn't have care in the world. Um, yeah, loved Iron Man. Still do. Still think it's uh, a a good film. I think it's it's entertaining, but it also does tap into the kind of the darker territory. And I think part of that is because it's not Disney. Yeah. I think part of that yeah. is because it's paramount yeah um, i agree i think if that if that course remained we would have seen a darker iron man yeah then yeah dawn we had which is yeah. pretty crazy isn't it that was the first film but it's has has a bit of a different feel to everything else that came after it yeah it definitely it, it really really does like i watched a few of them back the last couple of weeks and there is a real change in tone and even just visually i think feel things feel different to Iron Man, there's just something about that film which I think it. I think it's the Dark Knight effect. Yeah, I think it's that kind of. I mean, they came out the same year, right? I think Dark Knight. Yeah, I think I think it was yeah around the same year anyway. Um, but it both of those felt very much like it was a turning point for superhero films, in that both of them took them fairly grounded in reality, and and subsequent films sort of with the MCU just went different route to how Dark Knight went. But I would yeah. you go back in time, I can't remember what the the attitude I mean I know it got good reviews and things, but I seem to think about going to the cinema to see it with a couple of people at university and then being fans so they were kind of like, oh yeah, we'll go and see it. They just sort of got on board with different things and they were going to get comics and things. But 
I wonder how many people thought, no, this sounds like shit. I remember when Hellboy Fest came out when I was at high school and everyone was like, this looks utter bollocks. Like, why am I <laughs> going to go and watch the film? And I wonder if people had the same, like I said before, about how I didn't really have anybody that I talked to about comics necessarily, apart from my friend who betrayed me, <laughs> um, which you can listen to in an, an older podcast about comics. But I wonder how many people thought a robot guy flying in the sky sounds crap. Robert Downey Jr., whose stock wasn't that high at that point as well. Yeah going to bother but yeah it obviously think, it paid off i think the interesting thing with it is that they chose a character who is not necessarily who you'd instantly think marvel like iron yeah. man at the time even for me and i'd you know read around comics that point, i wasn't like knee deep in them like i am now but i think iron man was a character you're kind of like oh interesting they chose iron man yeah. for, a, for a film in the same way that i think like the cw did arrow in the Green Arrow yeah. was one of those characters. You're like, oh, interesting. Okay, because yeah, they they could have gone obviously. They could have tried to do Batman or Superman or even Flash, which was yeah, like, probably more known than Green Arrow. So yeah, um, it's a good gateway because I don't think I think Captain America probably would have been too forced. Yeah, and I think Thor would have been too out there. And yeah. Spider Man had obviously been done a million times or was already in the was in the works again with the Amazing Spider Man. So Iron Man was a was probably. I mean, it would have been him. Or probably Hulk, but Hulk had already been done as well. So yeah. it was it was a good choice, and I I, yeah. I thought it was I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was I like the comedy in it because it it doesn't it doesn't feel forced comedy. It's just Tony Stark. It's just Robert Downey Jr., isn't it? Yeah, that's what it feels like. So I thought it was great. So awesome. What about Incredible Hulk? But without Mark Ruffalo, this is the Edward Norton Hulk. Uh, wasn't a massive fan. I think it was a little bit too kind of. CGI crazy. I remember really liking Liv Tyler as Betty Ross. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of think it's a shame they haven't brought her back in some way because she's a good actress. I think she's really, really I wonder good. if she would come back because one of these things from the, the Disney Investor Sensational Summit yep. Jubilee thing <laughs> is uh, that there's a lot of characters coming back that have been in the past, like Tim Roth, who's Abomination, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hulk. He's coming back in She Hulk. Yep. And there's there's a bunch of other people who have been in previous things. Like yep. you know, even in WandaVision, you've got Kate Dennings who was in Thor. Yeah, She is coming back in that. And all these smaller characters throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe are popping back in. So I, I would think somewhere there's probably somewhere for, for her to come back, Liv Tyler to come back into the fold. But who knows? Yeah, when. I'd like to see. I think as well, the other thing with it is that I really like Ed Norton. Like I never used to. And I think when that film came out, I wasn't the biggest fan of his films. Um, mm. in recent years he's really grown on me and he did his directorial debut last year I think it was with a film called Motherless Brooklyn which was just yeah. fantastic it was really really good and the role really suited me it just it showed off his acting I think yeah really cool and then around that time I read a thing with him where he's talking about the MCU and joining it and his take on Hulk didn't match what they wanted to do because he wanted to take it down that darker route and yeah. I think the film suffers from that in the sense that I think it's... doesn't have an identity. Yeah, it's like at the heart of it, Hulk, to me, should be a character that is going through conflict all the time. Like he is torn in two. And I think that's why you're saying Al Ewing works with Immortal Hulk because it's that horror. It's the horror element of part of him is unstoppable. It's this yeah. entity which is just beyond anything he can control. And I think there are elements of it in there sorry you yeah you're right i think that's the thing it's like there are elements of it and then it it almost shifts and tries to just become like a an action film it tries to just become 
here's some pure just unadulterated action which loses the theme for me yeah um, yeah. I think it happens too often because I think there are elements like there's a bit when he's in the factory and he's hiding in the shadows and he's taking people out and that's quite obviously the, a bit of a horror yeah. thing to it. But then like you said, 20 minutes later, he's Edward Norton or just before, 20 minutes before, he's running through the streets in Brazil and it's like an action film and then it's and there's action again and then it's something different again. It, it just It's a bit chaotic in what it's trying to be. What I did like about it is I liked some of the teasers that they did. I love the Thinker teaser. Blood goes into his brain. I like the end teaser where Tony Stark shows up as well. And I, I think there, there is some goodness in there. I like the fact that he has his watch and he's trying to calm his breath all the time. Like that's the only thing he has. And when that is, yeah. when he's not got that, he's like, well, we're all fucked now. I'm going to yeah. turn into the Hulk and there's not much we can do about it. But then yeah, I hate the fact that out of nowhere, he's, he's like, oh yeah, I'm go- I can jump out of a plane and, it's all going to be okay. okay it's yeah. like, no, you've now you turned it into like a soppy thing. Yeah. So, um, but, and Tim Roth, I thought Tim Roth was awesome as Abomination, yeah. especially yeah. when he's, he's teeny tiny Tim Roth and he's got all this strength. It's uh, yeah. pretty cool. I think like, yeah, the embodiment of him is really cool in that he's an actor who, I think I've talked about this before with certain ang- uh, actors where they've got this quiet anger that they can kind of portray. Yeah, and I think Tim Roth does that really well. But then when it becomes like a visual anger, just him, no CGI, it's terrifying. It was just then the CGI of him. I just didn't think was great, and so their final battle together, I just thought it was a bit kind of Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah it was a bit poorly done. I think. Yeah. Um, I, again, as things have progressed in the MCU, that looks quite like minor league. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. All right, so then we jump forward two years, and this is pretty much when MCU was really born, I think. Yep. Although it started with Iron Man, but we had Iron Man 2, which was John Favreau again directing. This is, I think, it's definitely one of the worst thought of in the MCU films. And I'm not a huge fan of it, although it has one shining light. Well, two shining lights. The Iron Man suit in it is pretty cool. Yeah. But also Justin Hammer, Sam Rockwell, who is yeah. just awesome. Who I wonder if he comes back for Armor Wars. Yes, I wonder as like, well. Because again, there's another TV show with Dodger yeah, Dallas, War Machine, yeah. and yeah. you know that's pretty cool as well. I'd love, I'd love to see. I think he was in the sense. teaser, wasn't he? He was in the. He was, he was in, in the prison. Teaser. He was in prison, and then yeah. the real Mandalorian was on his way. Yeah. So. I love Sam Rockwell, so it's probably it might have been a crap performance, but I liked it. But he, I wish, and it's surprising they did it so early on. But I wish they didn't throw too many bad guys in the mix because that's where it suffers from. Because Whiplash is a shit villain. Yeah, annoyingly, even, I really like Mickey. Even Rourke in the comics, yeah, I like I like Mickey Rourke as well. But he's just, you know, he's talking about that bird all the time. But it would have been really <laughs> good if it was Sam Rockwell with everything that he has to offer. Yeah, with his his wealth and things, it get billionaire against billionaire, but with what they have, like it, like Armor Wars, that's what it could have been. Yeah, but they they didn't. They went down a whiplash route, and yeah, it just it just felt really. I mean, that felt Disneyfied, didn't it? That that one. Yeah, there's there's a shot in the which I think was in the trailer as well, but there's a shot where it's like, um, Whiplash making his thing, and he's over a desk, and it's sort of dimly lit. It's grainy, and it looks gritty and i remember thinking i was like oh my god that could be really cool like mickey rourke as a villain would just like he would decimate 
Iron Man. And you sort of just don't get that. Like at no point do you kind of get the point where you're like, that's Mickey Rourke. Like he would, he is Marv. Like he would mess up Iron Man. You just don't, you don't get it. And I think that's kind of what it, it misses. It is that Disney sensation that it's like, we're not going to put our hero through, you know, too much battering because that's a bit far. Like people need to know this is the hero rather than kind of let's break him. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I just think it's, again, following that after Incredible Hulk, I would think that easily people could have thought this isn't going to work. It's not, uh, it's not gone the way, but obviously it made a lot of money mm-hmm. and that rolled into Thor, which was already, I think that it was already, it was already in production. Well in production because it came out the same year. Yeah. But that was, that's a bit of a gamble because they, I think it took a long time to cast Chris Hemsworth. As far as I know, with loads of auditions in it, I don't think people were that sold on it um, originally either. Cause again, it's, it's out there, isn't it Thor in a way for something that compared to other superhero films like Batman and Iron Man and Incredible Hulk that were a bit more grounded. Yeah. But I, I really like Thor. Yeah. I, awesome. I love it. I, I, and I think the reason I love it is that, and I, I, I felt like going into it, I was going to love it because it had the makings of the right kind of film and that was Kenneth Branagh directing. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, like Thor is a theatrical character. Like he suits the theatricals. And for that kind of world, I think you needed somebody who was rooted in theatre, which is Kenneth Branagh. That he's got that kind of natural background for it. So I thought... Yep going into Thor, I was like, this could be something really good. And I still really enjoy it now. Like, I, I actually think it's the the best interpretation of Thor that the MCU have done. I don't think any other interpretation of him has worked, whereas that feels like him. Yeah. Um, I, thought, I think the, cast, the casting was great as well, wasn't it? Loki and... Yeah. All, all the way through. It was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Did you... What did you think of the look of Thor? Like, yeah, I thought it was cool. It's been criticized since. Yeah, I thought it was cool as well. Yeah. It was very well done. Yeah. And the CGI was a lot better. You jump from, you look at Incredible Hulk compared to Thor and yeah. it's really upped its game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from Thor, you go to Captain America First Avenger, which is the first one that was written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely because they're the ones who are the bigger writers now for the MCU. They yeah. did the Captain America films. I'm pretty sure they did. I think they, they did help on Endgame. I think they wrote Endgame. They did, because I wasn't sure if it was them and the Russo brothers in the end, or if it was just them. I'm pretty sure it's just them. I'm pretty sure they wrote Infinity War and Endgame. And I think the Russos just directed. They did. They did. I can see it right here. So they became big terms. So this was their first stab at the Marvel films. And what did you think of First Avenger? Uh, I thought it was okay. Yeah. It didn't blow me away. I really liked the casting. Like, I thought the casting was perfect with, like, Chris Evans and Hayley Atwell. And what's the guy that plays... Tony Stark's dad. Can't remember. Um, he's in Preacher. Yeah, that guy. He's called. Oh, I'm drawing a complete blank. I don't know why I've got a Don in, put Don in my head, but his name's not Don. He's he is a Don because he's awesome. He's is um, his name. Oh, we'll work out. It'll come to me I will, one day. I'm doing it now. So just okay. Just keep you Google that. Keep going. I'll keep talking. Dominic. Cooper. I thought First Avengers. Dominic, see, Don, I had Don. Yeah. Oh, close. So close. If I just said Don, we would have been there. But I replaced the M with an N. Stupid, Luke. Everyone's going to think you're an idiot. <laughs> um, Never. I, I thought it was just okay. I liked, I liked the, the fact, I remember going to the cinema with my wife and being like, okay, so this is set in the past. 
but at the end of this, we'll come to the Avengers. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. And there's so, I like all the teasers in it again. I like Hugo Weaving. I wish we had more Hugo Weaving as Red Skull. For the longest time, I thought he was still going to be one of the big bads in the MCU. I always, yeah. every time the Tesseract was mentioned, I was like, the Red Skull's going to show up now because he's not dead. He's somewhere in the sky. But he, he did, but not in I the did. same way that I thought yeah. he would turn up. Yeah. Not Hugo Weaving. But I thought it was okay. I thought they handled it pretty well. Again, CGI is, it's a bit iffy with Chris Evans's body, but they, you, on watching it multiple times, you notice it less, I think. And, or you don't notice it less, you just don't care about it because you I know what it is. But... Part of me, sorry to interrupt, like, like okay. the first time I saw that, I remember thinking the same, where I was like, the CGI on that is quite poor. But then part of me wondered whether I was like, whether that was an intentional decision in that it's supposed to look unnatural like that he's supposed to look unnaturally skinny, skinny and weird so that you know that he is like a dweeb that he he's just i just think his head looks a bit too big yeah but I, i'm not sure if that's intentional that it's like he's supposed to just look wrong so that when he does become a cat maybe like, oh i don't know I just think it looks a bit odd because if you look at it, then his face and his head are the same size as Bucky Barnes's. But his body, it's like on, you know, Goldeneye when you could do big head mode. Yeah. It's like that. Great game. So for me, it doesn't look like it's meant to look like that. But I would have to watch it again to think maybe that is the case. But all I remember is it looked like he had big big head mode on. Switched <laughs> so on for that. But it, again, it didn't last long, did it? Once you got past it. Yeah, and then he was... came out and he was like super buff Chris Evans. Yeah. Then it's it worked out. And I think the film had some nice beats going through it and it, it worked out well because obviously it's a different theme. You've gone from Thor, which is like you said, a Shakespearean yeah. drama type thing. And then you've got Captain America, which is a war film in a way. And and a bit of a, it's not a thriller, is it? But it's got some other elements in there. But yeah. it was good. And I liked, I liked the end. I love the fact that he wakes up in the present day and it's, Know, Nick Fury there and that that for me was sort of a goosebumps moment when you just you know obviously you, again we knew the Avengers was coming but it's like okay so we got Iron Man we got Hulk you know we've got Black Widow all these people and what's coming next Nick the fucking yeah. Avengers yeah and I was bloody I was so hyped for the Avengers Nick I can't I was living in Brighton at the time in England and I was just I remember going to work and I had a ticket I just I was just ready to go I was so excited and then we got we went to the cinema and we got stuck in traffic and we nearly missed the beginning and I was so annoyed. And I remember phoning my brothers and my mum afterwards when I when I'd seen it, I was like, it's the best film you're ever gonna see ever. <laughs> it, was, it obviously wasn't the best film ever, but <laughs> for me, I was like, that was the best thing I've ever seen. And I, I loved the Avengers. I I even now I love it. It's got a few hiccups in it, but oh it's good. It's really good. Right, Nick? No. I don't. You can't see what he's looking like, but he just looks. <laughs> he looks super disappointed. <laughs> At the time, I enjoyed it, but I think I more enjoyed it because I was like, "It's impressive that they pulled that off. That they they managed to do it with everyone and do it in a way that it didn't feel like anybody besides Hawkeye and Maria Hill didn't get enough screen time. It felt justice. However, watching it back, and I've watched it. Like I watched it before Infinity War. I think I watched it before Endgame. Watched it before Ultron. I just don't 
enjoy it. And I think it's because it, it, it feels Disney. It feels too corny. There's, it's too, it, like, it's just too I watched ham. it back recently. It is, it's, it is ham, definitely. And yeah. it, it feels like it was all, like, really shot. I don't know. It just it has, it has a huge Disney feel to it. And it feels, it feels very merchandise related. Like, still like you said the impressiveness of this first culmination of you see that and you think at the time i thought that was such a big deal and then you get to civil war and you think holy shit here i am with all these with 25 empire magazine subscription covers with all these characters on coming <laughs> to war and then you get to bloody end game like holy yeah. crap like they're all here now so at the time for me avengers was you know i loved one of the first avengers comics with loki and he's the villain and there's the tease of thanos and he's you know, you've got all that stuff going on. You've got all the gang back together and there's some comedy. And I was, a, I was a fan of Joss Whedon. I've lost a lot of love for him yeah. in, in recent years, definitely. But at this point, I felt like he was a good director for it. And I think he obviously put a lot of work into it. And I, I felt like it paid off. And I still, to this day, have... It's probably the nostalgic version, the nostalgia for me now, because I enjoyed it so much. When I watch it now, I still think... Oh man, first Avengers film. You know, it's my ringtone on my phone. It's uh, it's amazing. So, but I can see why you and probably loads of other people feel like it's it's not their cup of tea, and the way it was shot and the way it is is you know, fifty fifty. Yeah. But we leave the Avengers. Yeah. That's phase one. That's the first phase. They tell they tell us about these phases. We enter phase two. First one is Iron Man three, which just goes. Nuts, money-wise. I think it breaks a billion yeah. um, off the back of the Avengers. Also, good cast. I, I'm a big fan of Guy Pearce and things, but this one definitely had some good highs and some pretty crappy bits in it as well. But it was better than Iron Man 2, Nick. What did you think? Probably on par with Iron Man 2 for me. It just... Oh, it, it was the... What a sucker punch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to turn into the, the guy that abandoned you. <laughs> um, it just... <laughs> no, no, not another Nick. <laughs> it, um, it just... The problem with it is, again, it's like Disney influence in the gag of... Not the Mandalorian. What's his name? The... the Boba? No, the villain in Iron Man 3. Not Guy Pierce. The other one that turns out to be a gag. What's his name? Oh, um, Ben Kingsley. Mandalorian. And um, yeah, the, not the Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, crap. Is his name Mandalorian? It's not the Mandalorian. It can't be because it's. The Mandalorian has ruined us. Maybe it is the Mandalorian. Oh my God. Well, his, name's, well, his, his name's Trevor. His name's Trevor, isn't it? Yeah, Trevor. So that, I'm, pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure he's called the Mandalorian. Maybe he is. Maybe I've just. Maybe it's because we're watching the Mandalorian that I'm like, that's wrong. They can't have stolen that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. The the gag with it, I thought, was was funny, but I wanted it to be the Mandarin. The Mandarin, yeah, of course yeah. it is. Oh, um, course I it want is. it. I wanted it to be genuine. I want. I want to. I want to say edit that bit, but then I want people to know. I want people to know so they don't make the same mistake in the future. Yes, we stick with it. <laughs> I just. I wanted that to be genuine not the sense that you know ben kingsley was definitely the man mandarin i wanted it to be more be you know he was 
he was part of what the Mandarin is. That the Mandarin is this big, encompassing thing with one guy. Well, it would have been good if he was working for the Mandarin, wouldn't it? It would have been yeah, if he was just, sort of a bit like um, Batman Begins, where Raz al Ghul isn't, it's not Raz al Ghul, but for most of the time, most people thought it was Raz al Ghul. Yeah, yeah, something like that, where it was just rather than them doing it for humor and a gag, it was more. You think this guy's a Mandarin, but he's not. There's someone else who is pulling all the strings. And it it just, it felt, that felt Disney, that felt cheap, that felt, you know, let's introduce a lot of humor and a lot of kind of gags into this because that's what's going to sell. And it obviously did. I mean, it made a billion, you know. I hated, but, I hated, hated the Trevor bit. I still do. Uh, yeah, I just, it ruins the, like, I mean, the third act of that film, I also think it's not great because... Again, it's that CG heavy, just, uh, I don't think Guy Pearce looks quite right. And then Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't look quite right. And There's so much wrong with the third act. That's, that's the thing. I actually like, I like the first act. I, like, I don't mind the middle act, but everything from sort of Trevor onwards, I don't like Gwyneth Paltrow putting on the Iron Man suit. I, I didn't like the way Guy Pearce came off and he was saying that he was the Mandarin. And I think Marvel have realised that since they tried to change it in the in this, the one shot that they did. Yeah. But the thing that fucked me off is that I I, went, I saw it cinema with my oldest brother Ryan, and at that point, there's so many people that probably don't know about the Mandarin. They don't know that when they when they see it as comedy, they think, "Oh yeah, okay, that's, maybe it's in the comics or it is what it is." But when you're a comic reader, I, I thought the trailer for Iron Man three was really good. I loved. Yep. I loved the. I love the voiceover when it's like, you'll never see me coming. And it's very heavy on the right. I am versus the Mandarin. It's the 10 rings, but then the payoff is so crap because there is no 10 rings in this film. And he's Trevor. And it just, at that point in the film, I was like, this is not, this isn't what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be, you know, like in Iron Man 2, I wanted it to be Iron Man versus Justin Hammer, which is a cool storyline in the comics. I wanted it to be Iron Man versus the Mandarin. And now yeah. it's, it's like you said, they've done it for the comedy value, and then Guy Pierce was the villain. But again, they didn't need they didn't need Guy Pierce in there. Like they didn't, they could have written a whole film about the Mandarin versus Iron Man, and it being about weapons again. Or that that trilogy should have all been about the weapons, like Tony Stark having all these weapons, and then all three films he's trying to get over that hurdle and gather. But he's obviously because of his actions in his past, he's made the world a, a shit place, and he has to redeem himself. But you know, that, just, that's kind of what just, I mean with the them deconstructing characters is that I think they're afraid to go to that level of going like there is something seriously wrong with these characters and we're going to tell you it. Yeah. And I think that's honestly like a big part of why something like Batman vs Superman doesn't work for people is because it takes those two characters who are incredibly dear to loads of people and what it does is it goes these people are wrong for these reasons like there are faults in these characters and I'm going to tell you what they are even though they'll be resolved yeah. by the end of the film, you're still going to have to go through that. And I think people resent seeing that or being told it because they're like, no, Superman is a vision of purity and he is golden boy. But the reality of it is, is that he's not. And I think that's the same with Tony Stark in that Tony Stark, there's so many things wrong with him. Like I saw a really good interview with Andrew Garfield recently, of course. He was talking about Spider-Man and they said, you know, who do you think Spider-Man would get on the most with out of the Avengers? 
and I, I don't think he even lands on one, but he says definitely not Tony Stark because he's a Tony Stark is like in love with himself and he's like a playboy. He's not a man of the people. Whereas Peter is, you know, ground level. He's a man of the people. He's a man of the neighborhood. That's not Iron Man. So they won't get on. And I was like, I think that's a pretty good interpretation, but the MCU yeah. present that as completely different. And I think it's because of that same reason that like Tony Stark is the one who started all of this. So we cannot break his character. He has no, to be. Can't. And that's why he's, he's a father figure, isn't he? But in the comics, yeah. he's not like that at all because I mean, in the bloody comics, he nearly gets Spider-Man killed because he yeah. tells him to take off his mask and then <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man actually turns his back on Tony Stark. So, yeah. But I think in a way for me as well, it kind of, although I really wanted them to break down Tony Stark, I got him, I realised early on that this wasn't going to be the Tony Stark from the comics. It was going to have elements of it, but it was definitely a different version. And I just, you know, over the Spider-Man films as well, I, I wore more. It was actually Spider-Man Homecoming that I probably wore more to that Tony Stark character. There's elements of the bad version of Tony Stark in Age of Ultron as well, but yep. also it quickly turns around to making him, you know, happy buddy Tony Stark. Sorry, yeah. Anyway, we are... I, I thought we were going to do this quickly, Nick, but here we are having too much fun <laughs> yeah. um, with you trying to convince me that the MCU is crap. But it's not my I'll, aim. I'll really. go through, is it, Nick? No. <laughs> um, so I'll go through the other ones, but I think we'll touch upon the, the ones that we have a lot more to say. But Thor of the yeah. Dark World, it didn't work out, did it? Let's face no. it. No. So, I mean, at this point, that we're only looking at both of us really only liking, we both enjoyed Iron Man 50 50 on Incredible Hulk. Iron Man 2, we both kind of wrote off. Thor, we liked. First Avenger, 50 50. Avengers, I loved, you loved, right? No. <laughs> Iron Man 2, well, Iron Man 3 doesn't sound like we were that sold on either. Although I do like, like I said, the first part, the first half of Iron Man 3, I really liked. Because I really like Shane Black as well. So, yeah, I love Shane Black. Um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is phenomenal. So good. Thor Dark World didn't work out. That was a no. bit of a mess. And I think that's definitely the one where I came out the cinema thinking, huh? <laughs> what happened there? I mean, just yeah. what happened? And that, that felt a bit to me like Iron Man 2 is that, that, that didn't, it felt like it didn't need to be at the cinema. Like you could have just, it's like just rushed a rush bad guy and the idea behind it. But anyway, then we went on to some shining lights to come in our way now, Nick, like Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yes. So good. So good. Amazing. So good. So did, good. Did what the, I wanted at this to point it's the best yeah like I still it, it flits between being number one on my list because it it does the thing that I wanted it to do where it it breaks down something in that universe and says that it was corrupt which is shield and there's consequences by the end of it things have changed and things have got somewhat worse things have got somewhat better and it puts everybody into a position of we've come out of this film and things have changed for the bigger picture that is it does everything I wanted to do and I watched it back recently and it still holds up as a good political thriller. Robert Redford. Lift scene. Lift scene. Everything. It's just a real... Every cast member in that film is good and it's so well written and directed by the Russo brothers which is why they're obviously such a big deal now because everyone loves it but for me that film there pushed Iron Man and Tony Stark to one side and Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans for me then became like the the yeah. guy and I think a lot of people realize that as well obviously and they went push forward the civil war storyline and things because he is the Chris Evans Captain America is the, the main man in the in the MCU for me from this yep. point on yep. it takes it away 100%. so that was awesome then Guys of the Galaxy which yep. I, 
I went and saw it on my honeymoon and it was Good. up there with the best things on my honeymoon. It was, <laughs> I, I loved that. Uh, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. My wife is a huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. I love, I really enjoy games, James Gunn stuff beforehand as well, like Slither yeah. and everything. So yeah. this is one that could have gone completely tits up, but the trailer mm-hmm. was good. The film was good. The soundtrack obviously made it even better, but yeah. I loved Guardians of the Galaxy, Nick. I could yeah. watch it again and again. What Me did too. you think? Yeah, loved it again. Watched it recently. Still holds up. It still just looks great. And again, it's because it does that same world-changing thing and that it's introducing you to that cosmos kind of level and you kind of go, okay, from here on out, things will be different because this is all in play. And yeah, again, the cast, everybody was amazing. The soundtrack was great. It had heart to it. Just, yeah, everything. And it's, so, it's funny, isn't it? It's really funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good like, humour as well. Again, it's not There's gags. so many sh- short gags that are just like, Chris, when Star-Lord and Rocket Raccoon are walking through the tunnel to the prison and he's just like, who's the raccoon? Who's talking raccoon? And then Rocket said, what's a raccoon? Just yeah, it's like, yeah, the humour is great. Stuff James um, Gunn. Then we go a bit downhill again with Avengers Age of Ultron, which is Joss Whedon. It's where Joss Whedon started to lose me a little bit because there's some... I love, I love Ultron. James Spader is so good as the voice, I think. Yeah. And I liked... I love Ultron as the character as well, but there's almost too much bad with this film that there yep. is good. Good. Hulkbuster. Cool. Good stuff. The trailer was good as well. I love the Pinocchio song and everything. Oh yeah, that was cool. On the trailer, so there are some bits. There's some funny bits in it, but fuck a duck. Hulk and Black Widow. Oh, like why? It's also really long, and some of it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's just so so much of it doesn't make sense. The only bit of that film that I like is the scene where they're sitting around trying to lift up. Mjolnir. Yeah, that's the that's only good. scene. But that was Every, in the trailer. Yeah, everything else I just I was like I forgot. I like Vision entirely. as well. I like when Vision shows up. Uh, yeah, I like the bit when he shows up and he holds the hammer as well. And that's I think the the, the shining light from the film is that character being introduced because he's such a big part of the older Marvel comics and things. And the I love Ultron as a villain, like I said. So there's some some of it that I just. I really like, but I, again, that like Thor The Dark World, I came out the cinema and I was so excited about it because I'd seen the trailers obviously and I read about it, but I think I saw it before I read any reviews and I came out thinking, oh, like and even the end credits thing when it was just Thanos grabbing the glove, I thought it was going to be more and I just, every, everything just felt a bit like rushed, like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver didn't feel quite right to me and yeah. And it, it, I guess you could, in my head it bombed quite a bit because it should have been it felt too much like a stepping stone in this phase rather than it being like the Avengers was monumental in that phase for me and this just felt like okay if this is the end of phase two then I'm not that excited I wish he had just not done it or yeah. it was Ultron against just Iron Man or something yeah. but then there wasn't the end of phase two and I think I don't know if it was a decision made early on or late on but Ant-Man came out, which I, I, I did really, I really liked Ant-Man as well. I thought that was a really good film. I loved, uh, I loved the casting of Paul Rudd. I liked the villain Yellow Jacket, although he wasn't someone that I was that familiar with. Um, I w- I'm not, I, w- I haven't read a lot of Ant-Man to be honest. So maybe that's why I enjoyed it more than I did, more than I thought I would rather. You, you're looking, you're looking and you're nodding. Um, I'm going to feel like you're going to tell me you didn't like it. Didn't sell me. No, I like, ah, really? 
I think because everything in that film, like for me, that film should have been another game changer and that it was like, okay, you're introducing this like subatomic level kind of stuff. So this should be groundbreaking. And I think it would have been with Edgar Wright. I think he would have done something really interesting with it. I think Peyton Reed... I knew you were going to bring him into it. The scene, the only scene that feels like Edgar Wright is where I think Ant-Man's in like a bag or a purse or something and there's an iPod. And he yeah. like goes, that feels Edgar Wright all over. And I was like, that's great. Everything else just feels like copy and pasted from another superhero film to me. I don't, I don't get what was unique. I really, really? like, yeah, I like Paul Rudd. I think he was cool. And I like the actor that plays the Yellow Jacket. I think Yellow Jacket's a dull villain though. I don't think he does anything. And again, by the end of the film, I just didn't feel like it had done anything new. It, fun, entertaining, sure. Like all the MCU films are, but to hit that kind of territory of Guardians and Winter Soldier or Iron Man, I think they have to do things that are, that are impacting. And I think Ant-Man just sort of left me with like a... Yeah. Do you think you would have liked Ant-Man more if you'd seen it before Guardians of the Galaxy? No. Because right. it was that same reason that I just... Well then. I, I don't feel like it was taking anything. It just didn't introduce me to anything that I just didn't feel like I hadn't already had. Okay. So then, after the disappointment apparently there was Ant-Man <laughs> we uh we venture into phase three which is a pretty big phase there's a lot of stuff going on here Nick yep. but we start with so how me god if you don't like this film Captain America three technically Civil yep. War which is again Anthony Joe Royster it's the same writing team and it's just huge in terms of the characters and we we get Spider-Man introduced with Tom Holland Spider-Man which obviously he was in the trailer he was teased a little bit and then it, they didn't show you which bits he was in in the trailer, but I thought Civil War was awesome. This, to me, this felt like the Avengers film that Age of Ultron should have been. If they had done Avengers Civil War, this is what this would have been. This could have been the end of phase two. Um, but obviously Age of Ultron had to, things in Age of Ultron had to happen to lead into Civil War. So I get, uh, I get why, but that for me, it just makes the Captain America trilogy even with First Adventure, it just brings that trilogy, those films up and like, that's a really good trilogy for me. What did, did you like Civil War? No. Really? Yeah. I like, I like the introduction of Peter Parker. What? You didn't like Civil War? Yeah. Just, Nick. It, because again, Civil War to me is like this huge thing. And I felt like that film was just like, this is all leading to a scrap between six v six in a conveniently abandoned airport and it was just like in an airport car park things are going to go nuts i was like okay cool it just it oh, didn't just have nuts nick really nuts again it was just it was like it was big action that i was like that's cool it looks fun it's is what it is but there was no for me there's like no heart there's no connection so by the end of it where you get i man v cap i was like kind of don't care who wins i I'd probably like cap more because winter soldier you really do care because you want a cap to win you just said it and everyone heard yeah. you say it <laughs> um i thought zemo was like just wasn't used very well and yeah it just it just didn't hit home because it felt it felt like they were using civil war as a title but it didn't ever feel like a civil war it but felt it's, it's, it's yeah in that respect the title is definitely probably the wrong title for it because it doesn't yeah. feel like it's nowhere near the comic level. 
yeah. if if they did Civil War the comic, that would have been Endgame. Like that's the level that you need with all the characters in it and stuff. Yeah, and they probably could have waited, but it's a good film, Nick. Yeah, it's a it just good didn't, film. didn't didn't grab me, um, and it still doesn't. Like I've tried to watch it back, and I almost feel like I'm watching it just to get to the the scene where it comes off, and it's like Queens or yeah Queens, and I just I feel like I'm waiting for that. Um, I thought Black well, Panther I mean, was cool. Like he's a cool character, and I think that's introduced really well in that film. I just feel like everything else in it is just a bit like, meh. Um, I mean, we had we had a good run, didn't we, Nick? Let's face it, you and yeah, I. Yeah. Podcast has been fun, but let's just face it, it's fuck now because I can never talk to you the same way again. I'm surprised we must have had this conversation because we always talk after the Malcolm. So I must have probably known this, but I've clearly just wrapped it up in several layers and shoved it right at the back of my brain because I don't remember you telling me that you didn't like it. It was definitely one of those things I think at the time I enjoyed and I was like, that was really cool. But I just, it never, it never calls to me as like another film to watch again. There's nothing about it that I kind of think that's really good. Like I'd quite like to watch that back. It's just sort of like, oh yeah, that, that did happen. What about, what about Crossbones at the beginning? It's pretty cool. Yeah. Again, I think that's because I really like the actor. That felt just too quick for me. I was like, that should have been something else, I think. Yeah. Just just when I think you couldn't break my heart anymore. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I, I'm really worried about what the other films that I really like coming up, but let's let's carry on. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Did you like Doctor Strange? I'll let you say first before I pour my heart and soul into it and say how much I liked it. Again, really like the visuals. I think the casting's great for everybody. But yeah, just didn't didn't do it for me. I think the the camera techniques of like bending stuff, I think it's really really cool. It's just for me the introduction of Doctor Strange. I wanted it to be like an earth shattering thing that it's like we're introducing magic and mysticism to the MCU. But by the end of it, it felt very self contained. It just felt like it was like no, we've introduced it in this pocket. Well, I think I think they have to like with Ant Man and like with Doctor Strange, through these characters that are a bit out there. That you're going to have a villain that isn't a huge deal, like uh, Mordecai. I think his name is. Yeah. Well, I don't know much about. He's just a standard villain, is he? You know, he's going to lose, and there's not much on the line in terms of like, yeah, you know, he's going to beat him and stuff like. That. But that that film was more about Doctor Strange and the Ancient One than yeah, villain itself. And I, I like Obviously, yeah, Dormammu. But that again, he's he's a huge villain in um. That was in, yeah, in the things, Sorry. and then they don't they don't use him yeah well enough I don't think, but there's um there's stuff I really like in Doctor Strange like I really like Doctor Strange and I think that they have to they have to set the groundwork for these characters and then hopefully you see more of them later on which we obviously did with Doctor Strange in Infinity War and Endgame and not Endgame necessarily but a bit of Endgame. We'll see more of him in the sequel in the Multiverse of Madness. So I thought it was okay. I quite enjoyed Doctor Strange, Nick. And Good. I will not hear a bad word against it anymore. Good. Um, and that goes into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I was I was really excited about as well, but this definitely didn't hit a home run for me because I I really feel like they just copy and pasted Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and changed a few of the gags around and threw in a bit more Yondu. Soundtrack was really good still, but yeah. again, Ego, he's a pretty badass character as well but he just was just wasn't 
well done. It just it get, like Age of Ultron for me. It felt like a stepping stone to something else, which I guess a lot of sequels do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Thoughts pretty much, same. Pretty much all the same. You know, again, the cast were great. Soundtrack was great. Um, I I had such high hopes as I'm a massive Kurt Russell fan. He's even on my T-shirt that I'm wearing tonight. But I'm just a huge fan of him, and I felt like the villain, like him as ego, was just a bit like me. I felt yeah. like I'd seen that before as like a villain and just, yeah, it just didn't hit me anywhere. So eventually when they got to the Yondu scene as well, and I was like, this should be the emotional heartbeat of the film. I was like, huh? I, I did, I did like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I, I like all of them. Apart from, okay. So apart from Dark World, Iron Man 2 and Age of Ultron, I like all, of, I enjoy all of them and I've got a lot of more positive things to say than negative, obviously, but Guys, that too for me. It wasn't that I didn't like the film. It was that I was disappointed because I I saw it with some people from work and I thought, yeah, it was pretty good. But because my wife really really liked Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought, okay, she will she'll love this because it's got a lot of the same stuff from the first one. But she didn't like it either. And I think from there, well, she liked it, but she was disappointed in it. And then that made me more disappointed in it because I felt James Gunn had let her down. Yep. <laughs> so uh, James, it's, how could uh, you? James. So <laughs> I think it could have been more as well, but again, it felt like they introduced stuff that was for later, like Adam Warlock will probably be introduced to it and things. So yeah. it, it just was okay, but yeah. I enjoyed it, but not as much as I thought I would. I thought it was going to be a lot different, but the only real difference was baby Groot was running around. Yeah. So then we went into Spider-Man homecoming. I'm, I don't want to, I'm, I know you're a big fan of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, so I dare not question, but uh, just tell me, just tell me if you liked it, you didn't like it, and then we'll move on. Uh, I, I didn't. Uh, I, I really liked Homecoming as well. I liked, I liked it. I'm not going to go into it. I love Spider-Man. All, all Spider-Men, I like. I, I, I really, the thing with it is, I think that version of Peter Parker works in the Avengers. His solo films, I don't think have worked because they're, it feels, again, like they're afraid to let Peter be Peter in that they haven't gone down the Uncle Ben route. They've introduced Tony Stark as his mentor, and that's the one that's like, that's the, I need to be as good as him kind of thing. And but he's I, young. At least he's a teenager, and he's not at college straight away. I know, but you're, you've, they lose the sense of what Uncle Ben is because of introducing Tony. It's like Uncle Ben is like literally an afterthought to that Peter Parker. But I, think, I think they'll, they'll go into it at some point, won't they? There's... Yeah, I hope knows so. how many how many realities he's going to walk through in Spider-Man Three, but I like the version. I think it's refreshing, and I think this was good. I like Michael Keaton as well. Like I think he's Keaton one of the, the villains that actually stand out as in being a good villain because and you I, know potentially it could be in Sinister Six. Like visuals wise, again, there are some really cool shots in it that you're kind of like that is very much Spider-Man. I just for me that version of Peter Parker is just it's just hollow it's just that's peter parker in the mcu it's not peter parker i really like i know i really like vulture though (laughs) he looks cool and i love the first version of um shocker yeah i think he looks really cool and i was always gutted that they got rid of him quite quickly because i thought he was awesome yeah it's pretty cool Okay, so then we go from there. This was supposed to be a quick segment, by the way, but look at this guy. But I guess it I makes sense as we're talking about the MCU. This so is the MCU. What else, what else are we going to talk about? We were running through it. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so then Thor Ragnarok. God, so help me God, Nick. I can't even look at you. <laughs> I'm just going to listen <laughs> to what you tell me. Did you like it or you didn't like it? No. Oh, fuck. Really? I, I love Korg. 
you love Korg. What about everything else? I think Korg's great. I liked the, the Matt Damon cameo. I thought that was funny. Ah, uh, uh, Nick. But it's because of, like I was saying earlier on with Thor, the first one introduces him to me as, as he should be, that it's theatrical. And the thing that makes Thor funny in our world is that he's from a world that, like he's from the gods. He that's what makes him funny is that he's got a way of talking that suits. He's that a lot. He's go, he's goofy in this one, isn't he? Like he's really goofy yeah, up in it. Like and in it, terms of the humor. Yeah, it's just it's that comedy that. But that was introduced in the Avengers, wasn't it? Like in the yeah. Avengers, when him and Loki are first fighting the mountain, him, Cap, and Iron Man are fighting in the woods. That's Thor from Thor. But then, literally, as soon as he steps onto the helicarrier, it it changes into a different Thor. Like it's little yeah. gags more gags here and there and then age of ultron it's you know he's in a, he's in a dress jacket and he's yeah. you know all this stuff and dark world and stuff is a lot more humoristic so the, uh, ragnarok really amps up but that's what you're going to get with with the director and things aren't you yeah like i usually love like taika with easy like i absolutely love what we do in the shadows i think i quote it quite a bit the series has also been really good i love jojo rabbit I think he's a really good director. The stuff he did on Mando, great. We'll talk about that next week. But I think he's awesome. It's just that version of Thor felt like, we'll talk about this in greater detail next week, but that felt like The Last Jedi where it was going to poke fun at the things that make Thor, Thor. And I always have a problem with that because I'm like, you're losing the sense of the character. You're seeing a version of the character where you're like, these films aren't serious. They don't take themes seriously. They're just there for humor and fun. But for me, I want superheroes to be a little bit more serious. I want them to have that theme and that, that storytelling that kind of says like, these are heroes who are trying to do their best. They might struggle. They'll be going up against villains that are going to break them down a little bit. They're going to challenge them. And Thor represents everything that that's not like Thor Ragnarok is everything that that's not in that you get two big villains in it Hela and, Hela and uh Sator is it Sator yeah. is like the big thing which yeah. are mega like they're absolutely massive and they're done in a way that just feels convenient or comical or whatever and I, I understand the appeal of Ragnarok that it's it's different and it's it's funny and it's engaging but it's because it does all those things that make Thor Thor and jokes on them that's why i just don't enjoy it but i think i think for me i i 100 see where you're coming from and i get it and i probably would feel like that if i hadn't been but I, i've kind of just leaned into it more and more mm-hmm. so when thor and Ragnarok came out i knew what i was going into because of yeah. because of taking being the director and you see it before i had already seen so many times that they had twisted some of the villains to pander to a big audience because and one of my one of my closest friends, he watched the whole MCU run, and he loved Thor Ragnarok. And I knew he would love Thor Ragnarok because I know his humor. But when you hear the words Thor and Ragnarok, when Thor Ragnarok was announced, I thought, "Fuck me!" Like Ragnarok is this huge event, like it's massive. Like Soto comes down, and he just tears shit apart and everything. But they twisted it, and as soon as you knew the director, and as soon as you knew who was on board, you just know it's going to be something else. Like mm-hmm. you know, Thor versus Hulk, like that that's a big thing planet hulk is a big thing that's that's a huge film and it's right but they shoved it all in thor ragnarok because you know they wanted to pull in people who read the comics people who think it's, it's going to be funny all that stuff so for me i've just kind of let into it and i've enjoyed it more for doing so but i see the critique and the, the difference but i i really enjoyed ragnarok for what it was 
I would love there to be Thor because you know you get to Endgame. I didn't like Fat Thor. That and that annoyed me. That's one of the big things from Endgame that I didn't enjoy. Your probably means that you really enjoyed it now, Nick. <laughs> but um, I I didn't like Fat Thor because I wanted Thor to be. I wanted him. You saw it that when he chops Thanos' head off at the beginning. You think like, okay, he's back. Like he's pissed off. He's angry. He's going to go away, be angry, and he's just going to take out. But instead, you know, he's yeah. he's big and he's fat and he's he's drunk. And I think I was de- I was desperate for him at some point. Not because I don't I don't really care what it looks like, but I wanted him to be back to like Thor, Thor, and like be a huge part of the thing. But he just ended up being jokey, run down. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I get, but I, on a whole, I enjoyed Ragnarok for for what it was, and I, I liked some of the bits. I thought does kick ass at the end and everything like that, and it's on the bridge, the battle on the bridge, and things is is enjoyable. So, so yeah, I I liked it, but yes, I wish there was a bit more seriousness to it as well. But I knew going into it that it wasn't going to be the case. Yeah, I so. should probably just learn this with Marvel films now to just like not. I think this is the thing. I just I need to let go of my hopes, and I just yeah, need your to, dreams, yeah. Yeah, I just sort of need to just embrace them. Like, well, this is just I, I'm, I'm which I sort of have. I think the more they've gone on, the more I've gone like Black Widow coming out. I'm very much of the sense that I'm like, yeah, it'll be fun. But I don't think I'm ever going to come out of these films going like that was earth shatteringly good. No, because they're never going to do those things. We're about to get to it, but Infinity War and Endgame completely just broke my my views on the MCU because they do those things that I want them to with little faults. But overall, the big thing is, it's there. But I think now going into this next phase, I'm very much of the sense that I'm like, okay, I need to let go of these things again and let go of what those two films did because they're not going to do them for a long time. Um, I think they're, I think they're going to grow. I think now they've got the audience definitely. And everyone's so hyped about it. They'll probably, they can take more risks in, can't they? Do you not think like with, I don't no, know whether it will be in the sense of the risks that I want them to take. I think it's more going to be risks of characters. Like the Eternals, I think, you know, if they'd introduced the Eternals in like phase three, I think it would have been a bit like, what the fuck? But I think because now they've introduced the scope of the DC, of the DCU, of the MCU, I think it's going to be a sense that they're like, okay, we're game for this. Yeah. Like, you know, let's go for it. But I think in terms of where I want everything what I want them to do with everything, I just don't think they're going to go down that route because because I think it's the Disney effect. I really do think that is the the hinder on them as much as it's the blessing in that they've got so much money to do whatever the fuck they want. I think it also is going to hinder their storytelling to an extent. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I'm not. I'm, I'm obviously half joking when I say that I'm disappointed <laughs> in your views because I I generally I agree with a lot of your views as well, but I I've just. I've just committed to the idea now that this is what it is and I'm going to enjoy it because they are just fun. Nothing. I'm never, I don't think I'm ever going to leave one of these end game is a bit of a different scope emotionally wise because there's so much to unpack and so much happened of this combination of 23 or 22 films at that point. And, but throughout I've just, you know, if they tell me that Dr. Strange, the multiverse madness is going to be a horror. I know it's not going to be a horror horror. I'm not expecting like the conjuring, yeah, but when they said that, I genuinely went to that point of view of going like, it's got to be R-rated. Then, like Scott Derrickson can do. Yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? I was like, this could be insane. And then, like obviously, before he left, there was Kevin Feige like, it's going to be a PG thirteen. And I was yeah, like, oh, of course. No. But then they got Sam in it as well. They have got Sam Raimi now, isn't it? And he's. Yeah, but then you look at his horror, and it's kind of campy horror, like Evil yeah, Dead. Yeah, campy horror. Yeah. Yeah, as but... much as 
that film's got a history. I saw it in the cinema last year, and you're you're very much the bit cheeks. So as we we have to move on because we we yes. don't have enough time, Nick. But we'll bust through the other ones, which are probably the biggest films. Black Panther. Did you like it? Didn't you like it? It was okay. It was okay, wasn't it? I wasn't overly yeah. a huge fan, but I again, like all of them, I enjoyed it. But I loved. I like the villains in it. I thought they were fantastic. Yeah. But the it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't mind blowing for me. So yeah. that was that was okay. Infinity yeah. War. You loved, loved it, it, right? Right. Loved it. Right. Yes. Infinity War is fantastic. I love Absolutely. Thanos. He's one of my favorite villains. So to have this thing and just it felt like such an epic part one. And when that film finished, I went for a few beers afterwards. And I thought, Jesus Christ! I think the fuck just happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Really Mega. good. Mega. Awesome. Then Ant-Man and the Wasp, so a bit of a sort of a come down from the scope of Infinity War. I just thought that was fine. Like I, I enjoyed it, but it felt like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in terms of it was a copy and paste of Ant-Man with, okay, so they're going to have that guy talking really fast and they're going to have the same sort of theft things, but they're going to throw in Wasp as well. So it felt like, a, you know, the villains were Ghost was a bit of a weak villain. Yeah. Um, so it just yeah. felt, it felt okay. But again, it was just another it felt like that film was just there to fill the void in between infinity war and Endgame, but also put that end teaser in there where, Oh, they did like yeah, this, but yeah. With the quantum realm. Yeah. So not going to lie. I keep good. forgetting that film came out in between infinity war and Endgame. When I watched Endgame back recently and they show Ant-Man, I was like, Oh fuck yeah, that film. That's where it is. Yeah. Like um, I, yeah, that film just does nothing. After that was another kind of prequel, which was Captain Marvel, which I thought was great placing because it's obviously before everything happens which I, I like Captain Marvel. I thought it was, uh, it was good. My problem with her is the same problem I have with the comics, that she doesn't have a weakness. No. Like, she, doesn't. she as much as everybody compares her and Superman, Superman has a weakness. Not just Kryptonite, but also just emotionally that he, he's a loner. Captain Marvel, just it feels always, like when she shows up in the comics, like just absolute Girl Scout. I'm going to correct everything. And America! And it's just, yeah. it's not my bag. So the film was. I, I, I was. I'm not a huge Captain Marvel fan generally, but I did. Again, I actually think I liked the villains more. Yeah, Talos is cool. Yeah, in this, it was good. I liked Jude Law as well. I thought he was cool. So um, that was fine. And it was, I think between that and Ant Man and Wasp, it was just enough in between where it was mind blowing, but it was kind of like, okay, that's good. Now let's get to Endgame, yeah. and then you know, Endgame, Nick, just mega, mega, just Jesus, I, that portal scene. Yeah, again, I, I have the same criticism of you that that whole Thor seg- section just doesn't work. Like, I don't think... It, there, it there's stuff that doesn't work, isn't there? Like, yeah. Um, the, the scope of it, they handled it really well. It's three three different parts, isn't it? There's the yeah. setup, there's the time travelling, and there's the end. And yeah. the Thor stuff didn't land with me very well, and some of the Iron Man stuff didn't land with me either. Just how, how quickly he came up with quantum travel and everything. It was just like, yeah. you know what? Nailed it. So... Yeah. Yeah, but, but overall, awesome. Like I thought Cap was going to die, but he didn't. It was Iron See, Man. I had the opposite. I remember saying this to, to Harry and, and our friends that we saw it with. I said, I, I genuinely think, because there's the rumour of time travel going into this, I genuinely think it's going to end with him back in time with Peggy. And I said, I, I, like, I think if they do that, that will make me emotional. And I said, I reckon Tony Stark will die because I just I, I think that's the, the trajectory. Right. Like, yeah. And so it happened, and Tony Stark dying, I was kind of like, mm, 
okay, cool. And then they got to the cat bit and that just completely got me. Not just because it was like that was the final scene, but the music was the same music that played in Winter Soldier when yep. the, like, the record was left on in his apartment. I was like, fucking hell. And then also because he got to live a life with her. That I didn't see coming. The The fact that you'd see like an older him sat on that bench and he's like, I'm not going to tell you what happened because it's, it's just for us kind of thing. I was like, fucking hell. That is genius. That there's so yeah. much good stuff there, isn't there? Yeah, the that fans. really got me. That was amazing. So, what about Professor Hulk? Fan, not a fan. Um, not a massive I, fan I, because it was done in a more comedic sense. And like yeah. I said with Hulk, I want it to be this conflict. I want it to be a little bit depressing, and I want it to be grim. But it just did. Yeah, I, I wanted him to be just normal Hulk. Like that would have been awesome. I, yeah. I would have loved for it at the end of. The last, the last, when it's the portal scene, everyone's there. I would have loved for like Big Hulk just to be at the back, like all angry because of all the shit that he's been through. But I, I love the game. It's definitely up there. I mean, so, so going off your top five films then from this list, you've still got before one we wrap left. things up. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Spider Man Far From Home. Yes. No, no. Nick, don't. No. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Why, why are we even here? Yeah, yeah. JJ um, is. I, I love. I'm a huge fan of Mysterio. Is Spider Man's my favorite comic character, and I love the Rogue Gallery. It's, it's up there with Batman Rogue's Gallery for me. But Mysterio is. Uh, I, I really. I was really happy they went with Mysterio, and I thought JJ Hall was really good. But I thought it's cool. I just again the the inner in me was like I want him to be. I didn't like the tech thing. I would have preferred it if he was just. Yeah, he thought he was a bit of a magician kind of thing. I agree. I I would rather him be a magician as well. I would rather it have no focus on Tony Stark at all. Yeah, um, yeah. But I get that they're trying to pass the torch, obviously, aren't they, to Tom Holland, Spider Man, to be the next gadget creating genius. Shouldn't do it. So your top five MCU films, then, in no particular order, from what I can work out, is Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. Uh, no, so. I can't believe so. There's technically six, this. but I do tie one into two. So Endgame and Infinity War. Yeah, they're the one that I kind of tie into one because they're effectively part one and part two, aren't they? Winter Soldier. Yep. What else was there that you liked? God, I, there wasn't I, that was there wasn't much. Iron, Iron Man. Man. I know the other one. What was the other one that you said? Guardians. 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 There's one more that I have. Don't tell. Do not tell me. Even if we have to wait here for another 45 minutes. <laughs> Thor. Yep. Ah. Yeah, but what's your favorite? So, what's your favorite then? Uh, it's Winter split between Winter Soldier and sort of Infinity War Endgame, like as one. Mm. Like, I struggle to classify those films as two separate things because they're so connected. And there's things I love about Infinity War. There's things that I I I don't necessarily like about Infinity War. And it's the same with Endgame that I I love it. But again, there are little things that I don't enjoy. So, but together, I mean. I think my favourite is Winter Soldier. Okay. So that's the what? one I have the most time for, but it's very closely followed by Endgame and Infinity War side by side. Ooh, but if I was going to say, I was gonna, if I was going to say my, like, for nostalgic reasons and just generally how, on how excited I was, Avengers is, is probably the, up there for me because I, I was so, I was so excited. <laughs> so... <laughs> Good. I don't think I ever that moment sitting down and just seeing uh, like the tease of Thanos and stuff at the end and then when they all come down and there's the camera shot that pans around Loki just awesome 
So, um, so three. So, What's your other two? Oh, so yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. So Winter yeah. Soldier, Endgame, Infinity War, Avengers. How many have I done? Three. Three. Unless, unless you're counting in Infinity War and thingy is Civil Civil War. Winter Soldier, Civil War, the two Avengers together, the Endgame and Infinity War. Guardians of the Galaxy and <laughs> I've forgotten already. <laughs> my my brain is a sieve. <laughs> I don't remember. I did write it down once. Winter Soldier. Two two end Avengers. Civil War, Guys of Galaxy, and Avengers. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Did I say Avengers twice? I think. Well, let's just say I've got a top four. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it there. <laughs> okay. Well, that's uh, that's all thirty-two of the MCU films. So there's a lot to a lot coming up, which we'll probably have to go into another time. But I'm excited about the future. I really hope that they, obviously, Spider-Man Three is going to be a huge deal, bringing in all the Spider Spider Men and yeah. supporting cast and what I generally think will happen is that we'll see this brief glimpses of like Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man fighting Electro yes. and then that overflows and then a very brief bit of Doc Ock fighting Spider-Man at the bank. And then there'll just be very small cameos here and there. And then there might be a moment where they all stand together, but that's where I think it's going. But eventually I think we're going to lead to secret wars yeah. somewhere. And obviously we've got John Watts who you love from doing the new Spider-Man films doing the Fantastic Four, which will only go down well if they cast Emily Blunt as Invisible Woman as Susan Storm and what's her husband called? John, the guy who directs The Quiet Place. Yeah, I've completely forgot his name and I love him as well. Crush on Godash? John Krasinski. That's it? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. He should be Mr. Fantastic. And then I agree. And my other thought with Fantastic Four, right, just to make this unique and somewhat different to every other mcu film for me they should set it in like the 60s say that these people will exist in the 60s and then at the end of it have them get lost in like a space and time or something yeah yeah. i would love them to do something like that i I think that would make it so different and so unique that wouldn't it be good if that happened but victor was with them but then victor doesn't come back yeah and then you get teased dr doom i mean for me, the next big villain has to be Doctor Doom. Yeah. Has to be Doctor Doom. And Galacticus could be like, he could be a big bad as well, but he could be, he could be huge, but he could just be a big bad of a film uh, or teased yeah. over. He could be like an Avengers big bad, couldn't he? Like Galacticus th- is coming and Doctor Doom could be like, I don't give a shit. And then he yeah. could be in the background doing shit. I think so, Galactus for me has got to be like the end point of the MCU. I think he's that big a villain that I they think- won't do that though. They'll, no, they'll cash in. Yeah, but I think that would be because he's just like he literally destroys planets. Um, it would be good if he was if he was, but he was just teased now for like ages. Like he yeah. was teased a tiny bit in the internals, and he was teased a little bit in Fantastic Four, and then he was teased a little bit in one of the big things. But yeah, it'll probably. I think Doctor Doom needs to be the next villain, and if they are going to use Galacticus as like further down the line, then if they do something like Secret Wars. Yeah, because Secret Wars could be teased now, and that's you know, that's where they could bring everyone. Like, obviously, X Men are going to be involved because Magneto is probably going to be. You've got Doctor Doom, Magneto, and Galacticus. They're like the three big, yeah, like yeah. big bads that remain. So the future is bright, potentially. Yeah. If you just, like I said, just go with the current Nick. Yeah, just, if I just let go of everything. If just... you, when you when you go and see Black Widow, just think this is going to be in my top five. I'm confident. <laughs> Yeah. So um so yeah. So 
that was our MCU podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, our quick segment of talking for each film actually turned yeah. into the whole podcast, which <laughs> is, is worked out well because now yeah. we know that there's a civil war brewing between Nick and I. <laughs> yeah. The next podcast we do will be, uh, it's going to be just in time for Christmas. We're going to focus on another Star Wars trilogy. It's going to focus on the, the newer trilogy, the Disney trilogy. Yeah. And we're also going to throw in the news from the Disney Insider Show with all the new releases. And also we're going to talk about The Mandalorian, which I think will have wrapped up season two. Yeah, it would have finished season two. So I know Harry's itching to talk about that. Um, Excellent. So that will be our next podcast. It'll be out next Wednesday. So I hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, well, subscribe if you are listening please subscribe to our channel spread the word follow us on twitter at consistently pod and we will hope you tune in next week for our star wars one yeah see you right. well i'm gonna go and cry now nick <laughs> about mcu films and especially about civil war sorry. my mind is blown so all right take care everyone take care nick cool. see you in a bit dude have a good one. Bye. bye